to Jackson Cloud. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. Hmm. I was eating ice. I'm a little empty. I don't know. Let's try that again. <laughs> nope. That's how it stays. Uh, we are you get to try it again. If you mess up, why can't I call for one? Genesis. This is the first time I've ever called for it. And now we're in Genesis 16. <clears throat> Not Casey. If you want to have a kid, but you cannot have a kid, but you want the kid to be of your genetic line, what do you do these days? Um, there's that procedure you can have in done. Vitro, in vitro fertilization? Probably that's what it's called. I don't know what it's called. I just know that they take some of your stuff and some of your partner's stuff and they mix it in a little bowl and then they put it in someone else. I was following until the bowl part. Is that true? <laughs> no. I, I mean like a petri dish, but like... Is that true? That's true, yes. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, okay, so that would be what you do. Yeah, so that's one way. I know people who have had kids in that direction before because they couldn't figure it out. Uh, figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> You're stopping for that? Really? They figured it out. It just wasn't working. Needless to say, <clears throat> let's say we don't have modern technology. What are some of the ways you could go about doing that? You sleep with someone else who doesn't have problems. Right. It wouldn't be your genetic line. Well, it'd be half your genetic line, right? Go with a sibling. What? Sleep with a sibling. What? I mean, it's closer to being your genetic line. Listen, that happens so much in the Bible, you're really going to be like... Well, I'm just trying to follow the logic. Is that what... Okay, all right, all right. Because, like, if you wanted to continue the genetic line, like, you or your partner would sleep with their, their partner's sibling to have a close genetic match, if not... Okay. Maybe these aren't the questions I wanted to ask, or I just maybe they're not. Maybe I didn't want the answers. And I don't, okay. Well, so and let's go back to this in a bowl thing. All right. <laughs> That's what you're. But you open in, this to a, in uh, the in the Bible. Ancient people had a, their own in a bowl technique, and it wasn't very scientific. But it was like, if you ran into the same problem, I want to have a kid, I can't have a kid, how do I have a kid that like is within my line, things like that. The answer in ancient times was, well, you have servants, you own servants. So if you were to, like, if a wife were to give, here's my servant, you sleep with them, then the child of that servant, since you own the servant, you now own the child that they have and that becomes like your descendant. So this was the way that they thought about a very unjust, wrong way of going about it, but it was- Technically I was right then. In a bowl? No, you sleep with someone else. Yes, you were right. Cause that, that was what they would essentially think of doing. So. That's what Abraham does. Abraham has been told by God that he's going to have descendants that can't be numbered. He's very old. He ain't got no descendants. <laughs> I do have one question, though. Yeah, okay. Um, Abraham is the old one. 
Abraham is the old one. So how does him sleeping with someone else fix the issue? So here's what we know. He's going to get Hagar pregnant. So he is able to procreate. So, yes, I know there's kind of this sexist feel in the Bible of, why is it always got to be the woman's fault? Like, man could be the one who's messed up too. But in this particular story, we do know that Abraham is able to create children still because he is successful when he tries sleeping with Sarah's uh, servant. So, in this particular case, uh, Sarah's got a servant named Hagar, and we create this whole soap opera where whenever you bring in a third party, it's always going to go wrong, right? Uh, they think like, no, no, it's just sex, you know, as people often will say today. But, like, even though that was the purpose, like, this is just sex for the sake of having a child, mm -hmm. it quickly becomes a soap opera. There's all kinds of feelings involved, and a lot of them are going to be on Sarah's behalf because her servant is now more successful at the thing that she's wanted to give her husband, even on behalf of God's promises for so long, and she's going to start treating her servant like crap. So um, Abram listens to Sarai. Abraham listens to Sarah and takes her up on... Uh, well, actually, let's make sure that we get it all straight. Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. So in other words, let's shortcut God. Or maybe God just didn't lay out the fine details and this is the way we we're supposed to go about it. Or let's just do this our own way. Like, I'm tired of waiting. Let's just whatever we know that this is a custom that's already in our world today uh it, whatever we're just we're, we're gonna go our route so they're shortcutting god they're they're changing the plan they're not listening it says abram listened to the voice of sarai so after abram had lived 10 years in the land of canaan sarai abram's wife took hagar the egyptian her servant and gave her to abram her husband as a wife and he went into hagar and she conceived and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. So now, soap opera begins. Hagar is, you know, like, guess what I can do that you can't, you know, to her, to her master. And then uh, Sarai is getting upset about that. Um, and Sarai goes to Abram, may the wrong done to me be on you. <laughs> you know, like this was Sarah's, this was Sarah's idea. And now she's taking it out on her husband. I gave my servant to your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. As though, like, God's going to, like, judge something that was never in his plan now. <laughs> but it was her idea in the first place. Right. Um, but Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. And Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. So now soap opera flips around. It's like, look. Like, this is your servant, you do your thing. And so now she's treating her slave horribly. And hair guy, hair guy, <laughs> hair guy, Hagar Sarai, I mixed it together. Hagar 
runs away. Like, it's that bad. She has to run away. Where's she going to go? How's it going to work? It's not looking good for her. But, like, she's got to get away. That's how bad it, it's gotten. All that being said, this is what happens when humanity decides to take the plan of God into their own hands and try to figure it out their own way using illicit means and showing, again, how, like, sex is never just sex and the soap opera elements enter in and how they've... Uh, um, messed around with their marriage by messing around. Uh, <laughs> and it adds in all these new, like, soap opera dramatic elements that God had never intended to be there in the first place. And there's certain words in here that should, or just, like, images that should be making us think of, of the Garden of Eden. Like, this is the sin of the garden all over again. What's the sin of the garden? My thoughts are better than God's thoughts. Like, I can make my own decisions my way, and I'm going to take of this even though I was told not to. Eve is the one who does it and then gives it to Adam. What is it in this case? Sarah's the one who comes up with Hagar and gives her to, to Abraham. And then uh, um, we just have, like, the story of Eden all over again. And this is the story of all of our lives. Like, we all know it. We've all tried to, like, go after our own knowledge instead of God's and, and tried to do it our way. And that's part of what's going on here. So, Hagar runs away. Um, and she's now kind of, like, out of the sight of, of uh, Abraham and Sarah. But she's never out of the sight of God. It's actually a very beautiful passage. I love this passage. The angel of the Lord finds her by a spring of water in the wilderness, uh, which I think is just a beautiful picture. First off, the angel of the Lord, we've talked about this. My theological interpretation is the angel of the Lord is Jesus. It's God in a physical form people can see in the Old Testament. So Jesus shows up to Hagar, and yes, they're in the wilderness. You know, it's like untamed, it's not pleasant. But she's right there by a spring of water. And there at this like little source of life and replenishment, Jesus shows up <clears throat> and uh, um, he says, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from? Where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. Who was that promised to? It was supposed to be to Abraham and Sarai. Mm -hmm. And it's still on Abraham and Sarah, but now God has also extended this promise to, to Hagar as well. And again, the angel of the Lord said that. I will surely multiply you. Who's always said that before? It's God. God's the one who has the ability to multiply. So the angel is just like speaking as though he is God. Because he is. <laughs> uh, and then the angel of the Lord said, Behold, you are pregnant, you shall bear a son, you shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. So though she's a slave, though she's at the bottom of the rung, though people treat her like crap, God sees her bright and clear and extends the promise, like one of the greatest promises he's given to someone around this time. He's also extending that to Hagar now. She's not just a slave. Uh, she's not the bottom of the rung of society, God sees her clearly. 
though Ishmael is going to be a wild donkey of a man, uh, his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him, and he shall dwell over against all his Wait, kinsmen. what does that mean, a wild donkey of a man? <laughs> He's going to mess up. He's going to be uh, buttoned heads, more or less, with people. Um, there's there's some other elements I think we could hop into, but it would take me too long to get into as well. Um, but God, or Her, Her, Hergar. <laughs> Hagar. Hagar responds, you are a goddess seeing, for she said, truly here I have seen him who looks after me. Therefore the well, this little spring that she was at, uh, she calls it Bir Laha Roy, which means the well of the living one who sees me. And uh, it becomes like a, like a, you know, holy place of sort in her mind. is like, I met God here. The well of the living one who sees me. Who did she meet? The angel of the Lord. Who is the angel of the Lord? It's God in physical form. Anyways, her, the story has now evolved because Abram and Sarai can't be patient and wait for God. And yet at the same time, I hate that in our humanity, we all kind of like feel the same, like, is it understandable though? Like, you know, they're old and was it gonna, was it ever gonna happen? Did, don't, but don't I mean, we need to take things into our hands? Were like, they we, really old? Were they really old in their time considerably? Yeah, because before the flood, people lived up to like 900 years after the flood. It started dropping rapidly. By Abraham's time, I think it's just like in the hundreds. Okay. So. Because I thought, I thought it was still longer. Because how long does Abraham live for? Abraham lived for 175 years. Yeah. According so to almost, the Bible. So almost 200. And that's another question in itself. Did they really live that long? Or was it a biblical method of saying like generations of this person lived for this long? I don't know. I don't have answers to that. Obviously, people don't live for 900 years today, and it's hard to even imagine that. Uh, but as to what the Bible intended to really say... I mean, unless you're a Highlander. Sure. Which I'm not, and I don't know anyone who is. So while this particular part of the story does come to somewhat of a pleasant end, running into God, you know, you don't do that every day, that's nice. It's going to resurface again. The soap opera's in place. We're not going to get out of it. Because eventually, what's going to happen to Abraham and Sarah? They're still eventually going to have children. They're going to have, like, an actual kid between the two of them. And then at what point do you need Ishmael anymore? Like, this child was brought into play to try to solve a problem that no longer needs to be solved. So when that finally happens, the soap opera, like, we see that's going on in the background. And now it's still continuing. If we were to fast forward to Genesis 21, we see Sarah walks in to find um, Hagar's child, um, Ishmael, laughing is what the Bible says. <laughs> and that just makes her furious for whatever reason. It's possible he was laughing in mockery of some sort is kind of one of the ways that it gets translated. But whatever the case is, it makes Sarah mad and Sarah kicks them out again. Like, uh, goes to Abraham and says, um, uh, cast out this slave woman with her son for the son of the slave woman shall not be heir with my son Isaac. So now we've got like 
everything that at play, like the promises of God are on the table and whatnot. And God says to Abraham, "Be not displeased because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Uh, because of your slave woman, whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you. For through Isaac shall your offspring be named." And I will make a nation of the son of the slave woman also, because he is your offspring. So God essentially is like, you know, go ahead and let her go. I have plans for her. Uh, I, as we already saw in the last passage, God sees her, even if in their society he's she's just a slave. So God says, let her go. Abraham lets her go, and it immediately gets scary. Um, they run out of water as they're wandering through the wilderness. And at, like at one point, Hagar just gives up. She puts the child in a bush. Uh, and then she goes and sits down like away off from her, uh, away off from Ishmael because she doesn't want to see him die. Like it's that bad. Uh, and as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of, where the, of the boy where he is. Up, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went up and filled the skin with water and gave it uh, to the boy to drink. And God was with the boy, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness, became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. So, story goes on. Uh, she was promised she'd get a nation too, and she does. And that's uh, where her story continues. So God continues to, to see her and, and bless her and all that. So the real question I guess I have is, is it a new promise or is it a continuation of Abraham's promise? I've wondered that too, because essentially like Abraham was promised, you're going to have children, you know, you're going to have infinite children. And then Abraham does have a child in a way he wasn't supposed to. And it almost feels like what you just said, like was the promise just extended? Mm -hmm. Well, this is technically Abraham's child. Is God like... Okay, that wasn't the plan, but okay. <laughs> right. Or is God just like, all right, well, I'll, I'm going to honor it in this way too? Or or is it just a completely separate promise? I don't know. What do you think? Um, I think it could be either. I want to root for Hagar here because she's kind of the under. We all want to root for Hagar. And I think that's important because, again... When I was a kid, I just read Abraham, like, the father Abraham. Had many sons. Yeah. He, many sons he must have been a holy died. guy who couldn't mess up. It's clear it from does. this they messed up, right? Like, that's the way the story was pictured again, is it's Adam and Eve all over again in a new form. The Bible wants you to see that. While Abraham is going to continue to be faithful to God and keep searching him out and have these moments of renewal and sometimes get it right, we also see that he gives in to temptation plenty of times uh, and gives in to his fear, gives in to his anxiety, and makes bad decisions all over the place. And the Bible wants you to know this one was a bad decision. God's got his eye on the people that Abraham does not. And... Interestingly enough, Hagar was what? 
Blessed by God, too. Blessed, and she was Egyptian. Again, it's the people that we're thinking are like the, <laughs> the oppressors, and where are we? We're the ones doing the oppressing. It's interesting. I'm doing this in my D&D campaign right now, where they ran into like these people who are just super oppressive of others, and they find out the reason that they're so oppressive is because they used to be slaves themselves, and they just reversed it. That's kind of what history does, is you oppress someone, when those people get on top, they oppress you. Same thing with the stories that we have going on in our world right now. Like, we can either fight with Jesus in the ways that he calls us to blessing as peacemakers and whatnot, or we can embrace the violence and we end up just flipping things over, not actually undoing them, where the people who are oppressed right now could become the new oppressors if they're not walking with Jesus to try to fix the scenarios they're in. And that's a story as old as Bible times itself right here. Am I closing us out? You never close us out, Jamin. You should. Okay. So, like the bell, click the subscribe, watch the Discord, and we will catch you all there. Do the thing. Check it out above. Below. Below is the comments. This is why I don't do this!